Hey Chasers, Aaron here. I wanted to talk about our sponsor, Wilderness Trail Distillery. If you want a great whiskey without the fake legends and made-up history, try some Wilderness Trail Fine Kentucky Bourbon. It's made by master distiller Shane Baker and fermentation expert Pat Heist, who you've heard on the podcast, at their distillery in Danville, Kentucky. They make a weeded bourbon, a high rye bourbon, and a Kentucky-grown rye whiskey. Wilderness Trail is offered in bottled in bond or cask strength. It's non-chill filtered, and the mash bill is on the side of every bottle, so you know what you're buying. This is real information. Not some magical recipe or who Shane's great-great-grandpa is. I'm telling you, keep an eye out for Wilderness Trail in your favorite store. If you happen to see a barrel pick or special release of Wilderness Trail on the shelf at your store, grab it. It's not going to last long. If you want more information, check them out online at wildernesstraildistillery.com. Hey there, I'm Martin McQuesson, the Highland Park Senior Brand Ambassador. Coming right at you here at this fantastic cask chasers podcast. Um, Bobby, I need to take you, or I need you to take a deep breath, rather. There are very few distilleries. Did you take a deep breath? I took six. (laughs) There are very few distilleries out there that hit every level for me. Um, Nostalgically, um, just flavor profile, everything I'm looking for in a whiskey, Highland Park hits. And when I... And, and there's so many people in the in the industry and in our in the whiskey world that say you know who's your favorite what's your favorite and they have a hard time answering that I do not I've noticed <laughs> I am in love with Highland Park and we are how many episodes are we in it's like seventy almost. something yeah huh ninety one that one holy geez. crap ninety one and this is the first time we've had somebody from and not just somebody the somebody um, in my opinion from Highland Park on the show. Um, I don't know why it's taken so long because I've talked about it enough, but <laughs> I am, I'm so, I have 25 year Highland Park in my glass and we're about to have that with our guest. I don't know. I don't know how it gets better than this. So do we need to like literally buckle you into your seat so you don't collapse during this conversation? I feel like I should be holding a hot <laughs> cup of cocoa with a blanket <laughs> around me. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but, uh, and he's a Viking, I think. So, I mean, <laughs> we'll get into that. I'm sure. But, uh, uh so, you know. I want to talk pillaging. I want to talk. I want to get really sure, in the nitty sure. gritty. But no, I'm I'm excited. He's he's a, he's an amazing human being in the whiskey industry. He's he's done a lot for the whiskey industry, and uh, and um, I'm excited to hear his his take on such a fantastic distillery. All right. Well, I'm just going to bring him on because we've got a lot to cover. We have a lot of delicious whiskeys to taste today. So, guys, we have joining us Martin Mark Wardson the senior brand ambassador of Highland Park and two-time recipient of the Scotch Ambassador of the Year Award. So Martin, thank you so much for being with us. Welcome to the Cast Chasers podcast. Well, thank you very much for having me. Uh, what a pleasure. I've uh, been looking forward to this for quite a while now. So uh, yeah, um, I'm happy. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you so much. You know, I I followed you for a while, and obviously you've done 101 interviews, and I mean, that's kind of your job, but it's also your passion. Um, but Martin, I mean, you work for a very iconic distillery, and you work for a Scotch distillery, but you work for a yeah. unique Scotch distillery. And by unique, heritage-wise, I think it's just different. The Orkney, the the, the Scandinavian piece, it's a different landmass up there. I mean, it's a whole different culture of people and weather and everything else. It stands alone, and I think that's what I'm drawn to. I mean... Yeah, well, it, 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 it certainly 
you know, is is a unique place. Um, it's as far uh, as far away you can get, more or less, when you go to Scotland and you you start driving up north, and then when you can't get can't get any longer, you you have to if you want to see Highland Park because we are the northernmost uh, Scottish distillery, and I should say uh, some pretty unique Scandinavian roots are there. Um, was um, back in the days uh, ruled by Dan Denmark and Norway until it was taken over by Scotland in 1472 due to a marriage, believe it or not. But uh, the Danish king actually gave it away so he is, so his daughter could be married to the Scottish prince. Otherwise, the best distiller in the world today would have been Danish. And, and you know, I was born in Denmark uh, back in the days uh, 54 years ago. So it would have been a pleasure to work for that. But I, I do uh, appreciate that it's today um, Scottish and, and probably... A little bit better receipt when I'm around the world uh, talking about the the brand, but yeah, it's a very unique place, um, very remote. It's very harsh. It's um, windy, and you know there's no trees for you to seek shelter behind because they will all be blown away when the wind comes in from the Atlantic Ocean or the North Sea. So, uh, and the people up there still, uh, you know, we about. 35% of the people there can still trace that bloodline uh, straight back to the Vikings. So, um, so it is quite a unique place. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it plays into a unique whiskey. Um, you know, I, I, I always say, I don't, I don't, I like Lafroig. I love, um, Lagavulin. I love, you know, even newer distilleries like Kilhoman. I like Pete, but I always say they're very Pete heavy and Pete Ford, which is brilliant. People like that. Highland Park to me plays more into the culture of peat. You know, it's not necessarily the main ingredient. It was a necessity. And you said there's no trees. So, of course, they're using peat to, you know, dry out and grain and things like that. Um, but it has those elements of peat swimming through it. But there's still that ocean feeling. There's still that, you know, salt water kind of thing going on. And I think it's with sweetness and fruit, which which is amazing. I've never had a Highland Park that I didn't get something different out of. And I, we have a few selections here to choose from. But I normally we start with the basic. We would have started with the 12. But we've kind of dived right into the 25-year, which in my opinion is, <laughs> is you know, one of the elites, of course. Um, and and yeah. to be honest with you, it's, a, it's an affordable 25-year-old single malt. Um, as far yeah, as... Well, I mean, it's well, pricey. Price, yeah, it is. Yeah, but, and, you know... And, 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 and prices have changed over the last uh, 10, 15 years a lot. But 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 back to to you know wh where you started. You know because you you, you love one brand, it doesn't mean you hate everyone else. Right. But, uh, and and um, you know I've been working for for Highland Park now for seventeen years, and and used to uh, you know been working at a Lafroy Distillery, both the Proglatic Distillery as well uh, back in the days, and and so on. And I. There's very, very few uh, whiskies, I would say, around the world, which I've tried, uh, uh, which I really didn't like. So, 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 so most whiskey have something that I enjoy or can find something really good, or at least uh, you know look at it and say there's some potential when it gets older and these kind of things. Because the, we're talking about all the the new distilleries as well, and and of course uh, it's it's pretty unfair to to uh, 
look at a three-year-old whiskey from a new distillery and compare it to a 25-year-old Highland Park, uh, if, if if a three-year-old was as good as 25-year-old Highland Park, we would be in trouble. Right. So, so, <laughs> uh, so but, but, but um, when it comes to, to Highland Park, we are quite unique because the peat um, in Orkney is, is really different from the rest of Scotland. Uh, first of all, because there's never been threes uh, in, in, in Orkney, you know, there, there's no traces of, of any kind of wood or oak or whatever it can be in, in our peat. Um, and uh, most of all, we stand out because we are the only distillery in the world using the peat from Orkney, mm. uh, where you can say there's a lot of distilleries uh, in in, um, in Isla, uh, nine or soon to be nine distilleries that more or less all use peat from Isla. And when you go up to to the mid-Scotland uh, and you go to St. Fergus in Aberdeenshire and Tumintal, the peat from, from there will go to the big maltings. And then I, I, I don't have the numbers of distilleries that will use the peat from that area, but we're probably talking about 30 or even 40 mm-hmm. distilleries. But there's only one distillery using Orkney peat, and, and, and that's Highland Park. And if, if the peat is wrong, if we are not using the Orkney peat, our whiskey will be wrong. So that's something we, we have to do and which we have done, well, back since uh, 1798, where our infamous Magnus Jönsson decided to produce this fantastic li- liquid for the first time. Yeah. That's not the only thing you're unique at, though. I'm, I have a photograph taken by Mark Gillespie that um, he gave me of the malting floor at Highland Park. Yeah. And you're one of the few distilleries, you know, that, that, I mean, still utilize that 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 um that technique out there. I think a lot of people have gotten away from it. But the malting, the Highland Park malting floor is is gorgeous. I mean, still using yeah. pagodas and all of that stuff too. So it's it's definitely there's a new age aspect to your production. Of course, you have to keep up with the times, but there's still that 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 old school method that I think people appreciate about Scotch whiskey. Yeah. Well, the, the good thing about the whiskey industry today and with some of the new distilleries and also some of the old distilleries that kind of uh, start up the floor malting again, Glengiri is one of them, um, which uh, you know haven't used the floor malting for years, but now been closed for two years. And now when they restart the production, they will do the, uh, the floor malting as well. And some of the smaller new distilleries are doing it in, in a very small scale, but it's... it's um, I, you know, I'm a very traditional whiskey guy when it comes to to production and so on. And and if if more distilleries could could go back to the way things used to be, uh, you know, that's uh, there's a bit of rom- romantic in it, uh, some romance I like about the whiskey, but there's also this story about it and and how whiskey used to be made and the um, the manpower it actually took to do the floor malting of these kind of things. Um, we we often been asked, you know, when we have uh, when, when we have visitors up, saying, "Well, are you doing this for the tourists?" And definitely, it's it's not for the tourists. Um, we we have to do it because our peat is there. And years ago, um, twenty years ago or so, we we stopped the floor malting for a while just to see. It was kind of an experiment to see can we um, 
can we get it from a, a from a big maltings and can be then you know used to peat from somewhere else in Scotland and we we actually had Baird's mold in Inverness mm. to um, to mold for us for a couple of months and they were first of all using peat from Black Isle which you know didn't give us the flavors we wanted when we when we used the peat in our production um, too spicy too peppery um, so. And at one point, we actually start cutting peat and shipped it down with trolley. And it was a big lorries coming down there to um, to use it in, in, in the molting process down there. But again, very, very different because it's not the, the, the right humidity. It's not the um, the temperature temperatures we have in Orkney. Uh, and and the process was just different. So again, we could change, we could taste this difference in flavor and we had to go back and do the floor molting for ourselves and to be honest with you the guys working at the distillery they love it it's um uh, you know there's not a lot of um health centers in in orkney there's not a lot of weight to lift so this is their daily fit uh, and and they they enjoy it and it's um i think i think they put an honor into it as well that mm. um that they're making something traditional and they, you know, uh, and it's good fun because when I, when I travel around the world now and again, a, a few of the guys will join me from the distillery and invite them out for a whiskey fair or a show or whatever it can be. And you can just see, you know, they have as much passion in what they do as I have. Um, and they are extremely proud talking about it. And when we talk about things like cutting peat and, um, floor molting they know that it's um how can i put it kind of a dying art yeah uh, you know you know it's it's something that n- not many ha- will, will do but and and the new people into the whiskey business um they might never seen floor molting before the proper band you know somewhere out there people talking about it um so coming to orkney um on this pilgrim whiskey tour and see the guys actually, you know, they do work with with, with the floor molding is quite unique for a lot of people that, that comes up. So so we are very proud of still be one of the few, even though more are starting up, uh, but still to do the floor molding. So, yeah, so Martin, it's a lot for us. I, I have to say, Bobby and I were half joking about this earlier today when we were kind of getting ourselves together. Um we may or may not have referred to you as the mountain of scotch in in a game of thrones type of setting for a couple of reasons and and the thing that's kind of striking me to hear you talk about the floor malting process and you know the the heritage the history the tradition the pure geography and logistics that that dictate some of that tradition there's such a transformative element in the highland park story that comes through in the whiskey and you know, I, I, I don't want to speak for Bobby, but some of my favorite whiskeys, this is kind of a defining factor, is when you can taste something that does transform where you are or make you feel like you are, you know, right there in the Highland sipping it and you're you're tapped into the story of the distillery and the people that make it. And I think that Highland yeah. Park captures that in such an artful way. I do kind of feel like we are stepping into a Game of Thrones fantasy historical battle on type of well, vibe with this actually. <laughs> Haida, I want to talk to you about whiskey. Please talk to me about whiskey. But not just any whiskey. I want to talk to you about single malt Welsh whiskey. Mm. But not just any distillery. I'm talking about Pendaren Distillery. Okay. 
and they don't have just any team to make their whiskey. Mm -hmm. They have an all-female distilling and blending team. I like what I'm hearing. Right? Laura, Bethan, and Ista, three women in charge of producing that whiskey. That is wholly unique within the whiskey industry, at least in the UK. That sounds pretty rad. It's pretty rad. What's even radder, if that's a word, is their whiskeys are delicious. I can make a wonderful highball for you, and you wouldn't even know there's whiskey in there. You'd just say, oh, this is bright and fruity and berry-like. Really? Really, really. Okay. You want to do it now? Sure. Okay, let's do it. Okay. Do you want to say something about the Cast Chasers podcast? You're a proud sponsor of the Cask Chasers podcast? Yes. Yeah. Well, one of the things I appreciate, you know, if I think about food, you know, if you're going to have, you know, for our, specifically our American listeners, if you're going to have barbecue, for example, there's something about the flavor of barbecue in like Georgia or South Carolina or yeah. Texas. It, it has a different, you know, approach to it because of where it's made, how it's yeah. made, the type of wood they're making. When I drink, and I love scotch, I love, I think, I prefer scotch over bourbon. I mean, I like bourbons too, and bourbons have their element. But with scotch, you can, a lot of times you can taste where it comes from. Nowhere do I get that more than with Highland Park. With Highland Park, I feel like, and and again, I've said this before, Highland Park is not a sponsor of our show. Uh, I I just truly adore it, but I think it really plays into where it's from you can taste the landscape in a way and i think there's something very powerful and unique about that yeah well of course we you know our our master uh, whiskey makers through the time has always tried to look at a certain kind of dna of highland park which today got on motion motion which i think is you know he he's he's a genius when he comes when it comes to Mm. making whiskey and 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 one thing you, you you can you can say about whiskey, you know, you have your style, you have your DNA, this profile that you always need, and and um, you can you can move away from that from your comfort zone, uh, but if you move too far away, will you then lose this distillery character, this DNA that that your distillery is known for? And Gordon, I think over the last um, 10 years together with Max McFerlin uh, has been pretty good at, you know, even though we went over to some of the special editions like uh, full volume, Freya and um, and Ice, we went over to something that was very far away from our comfort zone, only using first fill bourbon cask. Mm. But one thing you always, um, you know, find is the DNA, especially in the finish, where these honey light peated smoky nose comes out and that's the uh, that's unique for highland park and no matter if we're using rioca cask or we're using um port wine cask or whatever it can be you will always find this um kind of uniqueness that highland park has where um i wouldn't say that everyone will be able to find it in a blind tasting but you know you will you will have this dna of highland park just no. I agree. And when I, Um, a lot of Highland Parks I like, you know, or the, you know, sherry finish or different finish, you know, when I had the first fill bourbon, 
you hit the nail on the head. There's still that element. There's still that Highland Park piece, yeah, and I mean yeah. this in a good way. There's a a, a cheesiness, a, a you know, a, a saltiness, a brininess. Uh, you know, all the characteristics that people say about you know an Isla whiskey, for example. But with a Highland yeah. Park, it's it's a little richer and a little more. Yeah. I'm going to say complex. I think yeah. there's a little more yeah. complexity to it, and I think it carries through oh, yeah. everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It throws me. That's actually. A, yeah, sorry. Yeah. I was just going to say it, it throws me back to some of the earliest conversations that you know we had when I was running the podcast, and we were, you know, we had a couple episodes where we were talking about what's your type or favorite type of whiskey and why is that. And I've always been a kind of hard hitting, peaty person. You know, mm-hmm. I love the lack of Bullens and Obens, and uh, and I remember distinctly a conversation that we had where Bobby, you were talking about the roller coaster of complexity mm. with some of the more subtle notes you can get with a sherry finish and some of the florals of the Highland whiskey and everything. And, and I think kind of the point that we started off this conversation with Highland park does an excellent job. And I don't think it's just because we started with the 25, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. but just an excellent job of really just going on such a roller coaster ride yeah. of those floral notes into a soft, warm, cocoa and hand blanket around you smoky smoothness yeah. you know it's yeah. Yeah. it's a symphony i just said that yeah and, <laughs> and, 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 no no but but you know the and Highland park first of all what what we always try to look for is uh, a very good balance in the whiskey you know and and it's 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 easy for us to find a balance because you're not a heavily peated mold but we do have this touch of of smoke coming out mm-hmm. but we also Try to look for complexity, um, which I think, especially Gordon now, is really, really good at. Uh, and and looking back in what we have made over the last twenty-five years, uh, maybe even thirty years, actually only once have we been out of our comfort zone where it was not really Highland Park, and that was by purpose because you know some of you out there and and probably you two. Uh, who I'm talking to, mm-hmm. of course, uh, m- might remember that we made this um, Valhalla series with yes. uh, with, with Thor, Loki, Freya, and Odin. And um, uh, especially Loki, we wanted that to stand out and be everything Highland Park was not to begin with. You know, so when you when you tasted it first, you thought, "What's that?" That it's definitely not Highland Park, and you would all look at the bottle, and you would look at the glass again, and you would, that's not. And then suddenly, you know, it would change, and and uh, we we managed that, as I talked about before, using some of the um, the spirit, the whiskey, which we have now, you know, at that time we're we're a bit over fifteen years old, that was made of this malt uh, we had produced at at, at the Baird's malt, that was made of the peat from the Highlands instead yeah. of from Orkney. And that flavor were were not Highland Park. But then you came to the end and some of the other cars we used were were made with, with Orkney peat and that flavor came towards the end of, of it. So and we wanted we wanted that whiskey to reflect the uh, the god we were talking about. And as Loki was kind of a, a teaser, you yeah. never you never really know where you had him. I think uh, it was it was uh, simply a genius from Mark McFerrin at that time to 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 find cask that uh, you know when you when you had it first you you thought that's not Highland Park and then 
two minutes later, you said, well, yes, it is. Now, boom, it was there. Uh, and that was that was due to the peak. So, but 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 everything else we have made uh, has been uh, you know all repeat. Some a little bit more, some less. But but we try to keep um, our you know comfort zone in there. But uh, and and I think we we doing pretty well with that. I remember having a conversation about the Loki. I have the Loki, and I wish I would have brought that today. Um, <laughs> you only it, brought the other twenty three. I know. Bottles that God, you I have. have so much. <laughs> I have. I have stuff that's not even available. I mean, it's nuts. Anyway, um, I, 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 and I'll say it online, whatever. And you can, you can call the or, or the Highland Police on me, but I, I go, I go underground and I get the little sample bottles of stuff that just exist out there because I'm just such a fan. But I had that Loki, and I remember I was in a conversation with somebody from Scotch Attic, which is a great um, Facebook page and good friend of mine, yeah. Alan, runs that, and um, who's also a Highland Park fan. But I was having uh, a yeah, he's a great man, awesome yeah, dude. Yeah. I still owe him Definitely. a drink out of his um, his plethora there. But anyway, um, I was having a conversation about the Loki, and I thought, I think, is this where Gordon picked up? Um, because the flavor profile was different, and it wasn't. But it was just, it was a different, it was something different. Yeah. And I liked it. I, I wasn't yeah, anti, yeah. you know, and I like difference and things like that. I, I was really sad to see, for example, the 15-year get discontinued because it was one of my favorites but then i was very happy when i got the when i got the viking heart um yeah and then you know of course you dance in the 17 year whiskeys and whatnot so i think what i appreciate about highland park you're not afraid i'm gonna i'm gonna try to frame this in a way i we're we're working on a film and this is gonna sound like i'm off topic but hear me out we're working on making a film and one of the things i've learned about making films is sometimes you have to What's the term? Kill your babies. Kill your, you know, you have to cut off something that's yeah. good in the film, even though it's a beautiful shot. It just doesn't work. I think Highland Park is so. This is going to sound like I'm kissing ass, and that's not what I'm doing. I called it a symphony, no, no. so I think yeah. you're okay. I think Highland Park is brave enough to say, "Yes, this product was great, but wait until you see what we've done next." Yeah, I think that's Gordon. I think it's that's his team. I think that's. That's a master move because the 15 was delicious, but yeah, yeah. but to to take that and to, to go and to evolve into what you've done now, it, it's I mean people were upset to be candid, but I think you guys did a great job of overcoming and saying, well now look at what we can offer. Yeah, but and and you know you're absolutely right, and there was. Um, uh, with the, with the 15 year old we we used to have which we discontinued in 2016 it was also a part you know uh, we were looking uh, we always have to look ahead uh, mm. and not just look within the next 6 months so we're looking 5 6 7 years ahead and one of the things we could see at that time where we did we didn't really have the uh, the quality of the cars we were using for the 15 year right. old um, and the ones we had that uh, had the quality they were just about to you know become 18 which uh, as you know is one of our best-selling whiskies. Mm. So, so, so we had to make a decision and say, well, should we compromise and uh, and make it still, but just not have the same quality? And and at that time, we said no. Yeah, we uh, we we discontinue it. Um, whether it will come back will be hundred percent up to what we can fill, what we can get the uh, of of age, and and now and again in the industry, it's like. Um, uh, we, we we swapped cask with each other, and we were we were 
happy enough some years back to find a distillery that uh, had some really, really good older stock. And when I'm talking older stock, we're talking 12 to 20 years old. Uh, and they wanted to swap with new make, uh, which would, would be a very good deal for us because um, we uh, we had a gap of matured stock where, you know, there were some years where we didn't produce a lot. So when we got these cars back, it actually um, uh, it helped us to get the 15-year-old back. Yeah. Uh, a little bit different in, in, in the cask um, kind of setup, but but still a fantastic dram. And um, uh, one of my, I would say, it's my new favorite now we're getting to what summer, where, um, where hopefully it's getting warmer. And then the 44%, a little bit of the lighter tropical notes is simply there to, you know, I, I, I enjoy it. I yeah. really like it. Me too. All right, Cast Chasers. Well, that's part one of our episode with Martin from Highland Park. Stay tuned next week for part two, where we finish our conversation and drink the whiskey. I hope you're looking forward to it. Cheers. All right, Chasers, that'll do it for now. If this was your first time tuning in, what took you so long? All jokes aside, we're so happy to welcome you to the Cast Chasers family, and we definitely hope you'll come back for more next week. If you like what you heard, make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, in short, wherever you listen to podcasts. And give us a follow on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Cast Chasers. You can even join our Facebook group for bonus points. And if you want even more Cast Chasers, check out our website, castchasers.org, for show notes, Cast Chaser swag, and more. Until next time you join us, remember, it's not about finding the perfect dram. It's all in the chase. <laughs>